chime, rise and chime. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And the Lincoln Journal stars, Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Friday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, early break. Fun show so far. You got the podcast at theticketfm.com. We discussed Nebraska basketball's loss to Wisconsin last night, 73-65. Now 0-9 in conference play also. There's good, good news there, by the way. What was the good news? The good news with what's happening with Nebraska men's basketball, there is good news. It has unified the fan base. Has it now? The fan base is unified, and that they think the program's terrible. Um, Yeah, but some still think it's okay, though. uh, not a lot. I know. Is this about as unified as this fan base is going to get? Yep. (laughs) Right. Yes. I mean, there's not too many. I'm not hearing from that many people. That there's still people on my Twitter feed. That dig in pretty hard and support a Fred and say, get off his back, simple. You're not as hard on Frost as you are Fred. Blah, blah, blah. Um, But I don't know. Yeah, there's trouble over there at PBA. There, there was good news also in that arena. The, the game following the men's game, the women's yes. game, Nebraska did win 77-44 to against the Badgers. Yes, and the women improved their record to 14-4. and and three and four in the Big Ten, and they did play particularly well. Yes, as we as we mentioned, never really challenged. They were up by 15, sixteen at halftime, and then they kept pulling away in the second half. That's what good teams do. <laughs> Nebraska basketball, the men are not a great team. We have a caller we have not heard from on the airwaves in a long, long time. I'm talking about. Greg in Myrtle Beach. Greg, good morning. You're on early break. What do you have for us this fine Friday morning? Uh, what is it? Uh, champagne wishes and caviar drinks, boys. Good morning. Oh, oh, hello, right. Greg. How are you? You sound hello. chipper. It, life is great, except we got one issue, guys. Okay, we're still, we got the flags down here at half staff. It's still a state of mourning for the on air loss of the immortal Tom Stevens. And there's a there's a vacuum, a hole in the Myrtle Beach sports radio market. We got to put a GoFundMe together or some time uh, some type of runs the NIL deal to get our boy Stevens back. Uh, that, that, that's non-negotiable. I think we go all out Switzer recruiting on this. Let's go hookers and handguns. Hello, oh, boy. hello, hello. And, and, hello. Yeah, yeah. We got we let's let's get our boy Tom back on there. Okay? Tom Stevens, yes. We'll do what we can, Greg. And and by the way, while I got a second, we need to congratulate, you may not know this, but word on the street is we need to congratulate our boy Jake, Mr. Longball. He's not going to brag about it, but let me tell you something. He came down to Savannah, played the Harbor Club at my (laughs) recommendation, and our boy actually parred Big Duke, the 637-yard par six from the tips. 
So, congratulations, John. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> Thanks to pump me up. Man. That was back in April. That was last year. Yeah, great. I appreciate that. Great. Though, you got to have more than that. Let's let's get down to it now. <laughs> Sip, you can't even see the flag from the tip. <laughs> Our boy took it down. Okay, no, uh, all right, guess, all right. Well, let's let's get let's get down to some business here. Okay, let's first of all, if it. you want to make a if you want to make a change in basketball, I'm not giving you this one for free. Okay. You hired Eddie Fogler last time. You paid Eddie a hundred, my boy Eddie, a hundred grand okay. to give you ten miles. If you if you decide to make a change, I got a coach with 500 wins, a national coach of the year, a Final Four, 12 conference titles, and uh, seven conference coach of the year on standby. So that's one phone call away, but you're going to pay for it. Okay. Time. Okay. Now let's talk. Let's talk about this hoops stuff. Okay. All right. Now if we're going to do an act, first of all, in basketball and football, they both suck. We know that. Now Fred's job is much harder than Frost, and if you get outside the husk, plus. Fred has been there one year less. Now, we're not making excuses for poor play, okay? But you need to look at this thing from a fair equation. Sip always talks about fair and balance. Okay. okay. We need to put our money where our mouth is. Okay. If you've, got, if you've got all kinds of – if you've got piles of NIL cash to buy a quarterback for the golden child, then why don't you put some cash together and let's go buy a point more? Mm-hmm. And we'll address, we'll address a couple things about basketball – and the program and the status of it, because there's some inconsistencies here. Okay, you talk. You're talking about how you're you're saying, well, we lost Hepburn. We didn't get Hepburn. I, hell, I told you Hepburn was a player. If you watch the state championship game, watch Hepburn go head to head against the Golden Boy Salas when he took it from him and went down and and yoked it on him. Okay, Hunter Salas. I told you because I saw them all was the most overrated player in the country last year. Mm-hmm. And if you want to talk about recruiting and losing Hunter Salas. Okay. Uh, here's your numbers. Hunter, Hunter Salas is averaging five a game, two boards, and I think one point zero point eight assists. Bryce McGowan is averaging sixteen points, five rebounds. He's shooting forty percent from the field and eighty four percent from the line. And he okay. played forty minutes against NC State when I saw him. Okay. So you 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 who's the only person who was telling you that Hunter Salas was the most overrated player in the country? You're no, one of the was. few. You're one of the few. But, yes. Yeah, okay, because I saw him. Because Bryce proved it against La Malier, IMG Academy, Oak Hill, against the best competition in the country while Hunter Salas was hiding in his basement in Omaha. He wouldn't come out and play anybody. Then he goes to he plays in one event. Everybody who supposedly knows how to scout figures out that Salas can't bounce it. So you can't be a top-flight two-guard if you can't put it on the floor and go get a goal. Okay, okay now here's what Fred... Here's what Fred's up again. Okay. Is, is, there any, is there anybody playing football in the state of Nebraska who made the Sweet 16 equivalent last year? No. One, one hour down the road, you've got a team that made the Sweet 16 last year in basketball with a coach with over 500 wins. And now, does Creighton play football? No, Creighton doesn't play football. So you're talking, but at the same time, we can't get a sniff in football from any of the top players in OPS. Not none of them. Now you can because you finally got one recruiter, Mickey. But your problem is if you think you're going to compete with the SEC or top flight programs with one recruiter, you're crazy. Because everybody down here has four or five Mickey Josephs. Okay? So now let's get down to the brass tacks of this whole thing. 
the main problem that you've got a lot of issues out there is because everybody in Nebraska knows everything, and everybody's stubborn. Okay, you you constantly talk about we don't have a point though. We don't have a point. Okay, so if you're a, you're a reporter, do coaches ever give you information um, below the radar so that you can pass it on to other people? Does that ever happen? Yes. Right, and that's exactly what I've tried to do with you guys multiple times regarding the point guard situation mm-hmm. at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And let's review that. Let's review that very quickly okay. for time constraints. Okay, you go back about six years, five years ago. I contact. I called out there and left a message for Miles. Told him who I was. Told him that I had sent you two pros, and I needed him to call me back because I had a point guard for you. I placed his father at Claflin University in Orangeburg, South Carolina. And I called twice and sent an email and never heard back. And you know who the player was, and Jake knows who the player was, but nobody else in Lincoln does. His first name is Demetrius, and his name is Ja Morant. He's the best damn point guard in the world. Hello. And he went to Murray. I sent you pictures of him, Sip, and you know that. Yeah, you did. I, I, yeah, young John. Murray State, young John. Murray State got yeah. Murray State got John Morant literally, literally for a pack of Lance Toshi crackers. Ooh. That's all they did because T. John's father told me we're not going anywhere where we've got to beg anybody. Hmm. You could have had him in Lincoln and built a damn statue for. So now you're talking about how you don't have a point guard. Okay, mm-hmm. you had a point guard last year, Carter Witt who's on the bench at Wake, who's a good player, who's perfect for Fred's system. And I sniffed out what was going on, and I sent you guys two messages about what was happening with Witt. I can't take blame. Okay, now all your, yeah, all of, all of your recruiting minions who don't know squad at 23-6 and Crivals, they don't go anywhere. They don't do anything. So I was in Raleigh working out with a kid. Witt is from Raleigh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm, I, I, and, and the word on the street was, well, what's he doing here? He's supposed to be at Brewster Academy. He's supposed to be at Brewster Academy. And that's what all the recruiting minions were telling me. So I sent messages out there. Witt is not at Brewster Academy. Witt is back in Raleigh, and he's here now. And Steve Forbes just took over at Wake Forest. DJ Mackey, who's the assistant coach recruiting him, has his jersey retired. He's the leading scorer in the history of South Carolina basketball. Mm-hmm. And, and BJ is all over Witt like a cheap suit. Okay. You better get down here. You better you better mind the store and get down here. And what did I hear? Nothing. I never heard anything. So you know what Wake did? DJ called me. Here's what Wake did. Wake said, hmm, the kid signed with Brewster Academy. Let's see. Who who holds the record for scoring at Brewster Academy in a game with 50 points? Oh, it's Thomas Allen. <laughs> Thomas Allen, who's also from Raleigh. So they put... So if you don't think that Carter Witt talked to Thomas Allen, who put a bullet in you, I've got some marshland to sell you. Hmm. Okay, now then, one more thing. Okay. So right, we're, right. Still worried, we're still worried about a point guard. Hey, Jake, you remember when I called you this year? I called you from, from a shopping center, and I said, look, I've got a kid down here. He's fantastic. Okay. He's a pro. Colin, right, here's here. I gave you Willy Wonka and the Golden Ticket. Here's the names. Here's the AAU coach. Here's the high school coach. This is who you call. That tell team? them that the shot doctor. <laughs> yeah, tell them the shot doctor told you to call, and you're in. 
Never heard back. Never heard a word. The kid's name is Jason Gortman. You'll watch him on TV as a pro because he's the number one point guard in the country. I never heard anything from anybody out there. The kid's number five in the country. He's the best end point guard in the country. He's a pro. I called Brandon Wallace at Overtime Elite. Brandon came to watch the kid play one time. You know what he did, Sip? What? What? $750,000. <laughs> He's playing in Atlanta right now for Overtime Elite. Okay. And you don't know the name now, but you remember Jay-Z and Gortman, and that's the kid I called you guys about. Okay. All so we've, right. tried, we've tried to help you. We've tried to build the program the right way. I'm not asking you for anything. We're trying to build something. Okay. And you gotta, you've got to you – get you some NIL money together. Oh, yeah. And, buy, and, and, and invest some money in the basketball program. The key to the basketball program, as I mentioned to you and Jay, is you turn Trey into Bryce. Now, here's how you fix you could have fixed it. You had Wilcher, and when you had Wilcher, you had C.J. Wilcher is an average player, as you've seen. But br- the key was the brother, Simeon. Simeon is one of the top three players in the entire New York City area, all classification. He's fantastic. He's a pro. So put some, why didn't you put some NIL money together for him to get him out of it? You could have pivoted from Trey and Bryce and you could have gotten kids like Gorkman and had the program put together. That's how you build the thing. Maybe that's but what people in Nebraska are, are stubborn, and they don't listen. And that's okay. So this is what you've got. you got an empty arena because you don't communicate, and you've got, you've got nobody who can dribble. You're turning the ball over, okay? And that, that's, that's what's frustrating for Husker fans outside the bubble. And everything that I just told you about basketball, the same thing can be said for football, but we won't go into that. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Greg. Yeah, Greg. Thank, thank you. you. Greg. Appreciate the yeah. call as always. Uh, thanks. I don't know. Did I hear correctly? He's basically blaming you. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, <laughs> wait. I, I love. I love Greg. Greg. Oh God. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, Greg's, been a, Greg's been a loyal listener since day one. And he of knows station. hoops at a super high level. I, I think I just got blamed for Nebraska not point guard issue. <laughs> it's my, it is my fault. I am sorry, everybody. No, well, I don't I think that's what he's saying. I mean, I mean, I'll tell you something. He's He's got a great point about the Wilcher picture. I mean, that's, you know, the reason C.J. Wilcher's here, well, I'm sure a lot of the reason is because he does have a brother who happens to be one of the nation's best players. So, you know, Abdul Masi, Matt Abdul Masi, he's on the right track there. It's just I just don't know if they can get to next year right now. Right. Um I hear what Greg's saying. I, I think he's frustrated because he does, you know, I think he wants, he, he he has access and knowledge to players and he could set Nebraska up. And I'm not, I'm not sure they always listen, but you know, they, Hey Greg, in, in Abdul Masi's defense, he has his network and um, he has to trust his network. And Abdul Masi did tell the world Herald this week that he feels like, you know, he was asked. He was getting asked about in-state recruiting, and not getting Chucky Hepburn, Hunter Salas, Isaac Trout, the Morell kid at Stanford. I don't know yeah. that Nebraska wanted him, but etc. Et, et and he said, "Look, we feel we feel like the players we've gotten are the players we want, and that our recruiting operation is working." Now, it now a lot of people took issue with those comments, right? Abdul Masi's comments for obvious reasons. 
right? They're five and forty-three in the Big Ten. Is it really working? Does it look? Does it? And then, then the the more germane question is, does it look like it's going to work? The the answer to that is no. Right now, so yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at. But yeah, as far as Greg, I think Greg's frustration is that he has forwarded names, ideas that that were probably that were probably ignored largely. Um, so I understand where he's coming from, and he does understand. I mean, he's right about Jaw. Um, went to John Murray. Wright went to Murray State. Went to Murray State, and I mean that Look would get him now. Yeah, that would have changed the world here a little bit if he was at Nebraska. John ja yeah, Morant. Imagine John ja Morant. Great passer, great scorer, great defender, great everything. He, amazing athlete, yeah. John ja Morant. Oh, he's an NBA All-Star. He's right. tearing it up with the Grizzlies right, right now. Memphis. Yeah. Number two overall pick What else your takeaways from Greg? Well, it's still my fault that we didn't get players here. Oh, I don't and think yours he, partially too. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. We are the problem here. Well, I think he's being facetious. Understood. Uh, I don't... <laughs> Now he, 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 he kind of made a comparison, a light comparison between Fred and Frost situation. He's right. Fred's in year three. Frost just completed year four, so it's a little different. I would also say the level of futility looks a lot different to me. the The men's basketball level of futility exceeds that of football. If only if you look at the routes, you know, that, that Nebraska's not really competitive in basketball. And a, a lot of the time, Auburn, 30-plus loss. Hat Rutgers, 30-point loss. Uh, Auburn, Michigan, Purdue. I mean, that wasn't happening in football, Greg. I mean, it wasn't. they weren't getting their doors blown off in football. It, this There's so many things about this Nebraska ball era that compared to the Mike Riley era, that it's just, it's wild. Think about this, Sip. Think, think about in the Mike Riley era, they did have, now they had the, the year that started off 7-0. and So that was, that was something that was actually success in the middle of a, an overall disappointing three-year three era. But we've always fixated on recruiting, but we fixated on it so much during the Riley era where we talked about Buki Radley Hiles and all these different guys. And, and we, we, we talked about, you know, four and five stars interested. It's been the same thing for Nebraska basketball. We've, and we've always wanted that talent. And Nebraska has been, you know, talking up these great classes that they've had and talking up the the big transfers from, from Xavier and, and other big schools. And it all ends up just being talk. And, and this doesn't show up on the court or the field. It's very similar to what Nebraska football did with Mike Riley. We, the, the recruiting yeah. was such yeah. a huge picture. We were all teased about, we're talking to this five-star. We're on this high four-star. It, it was It was... More important about the recruiting than the actual results in the field. Well, that's that's a sometimes that's intentional. It's a I, smoke and mirrors. It's the same thing here yeah, for basketball. Yeah, it's sort of a smoke and mirrors discussion. Let's let's um, def, we, we can use that to dupe the people. <laughs> I mean, everything's right. fine. Right, exactly. Everything's fine because look what we got coming. Well, that that's another year at three point five million dollars, right? And maybe we can get one more year out of it. it. Yeah, it always feels like that to me. Now, well, okay, that's pretty cynical. But what's happened at Nebraska has has made us a little more cynical, I think. Right? Especially about recruiting. It's Well, let's put it this way. Let's just be very real. What it's done to you, my co-host, and I've watched this over five years, you've gone to this... 
you don't even acknowledge recruiting most of the time. And I'm, and you notice I don't take issue with it. I'm not. This is not a critique. This is something I've. This is an observation. Nebraska will get a commitment or from the transfer portal from Omar Brown, an FCS <laughs> sophomore All American, and we will not mention I it on the show. I forgot to talk about it. Yeah, and I that's asked fine. Sean about it. I asked you. Know, yeah, yeah, that's Parker. fine. Yeah, but we don't make it a focal point of um of our rundown, and, and oftentimes it's not included on our rundown because I think you're sort of over it. Is, am I reading you right? Yes. That, I, I've been let down yeah, by the by trusting in the stars. We've been doing this show for five and a half years, okay? Early in the show's – early on in the show, five years ago, if there was a recruiting commitment, we would have a, we would have a discussion about it. You're right. I've noticed in the last year, year and a half, I will look at the rundown you send me on the day before the show – after a commitment, on a day where there's a verbal commitment, and oftentimes it's not even on the run. Or it's a, like an also thing. Yeah, also. also. Yeah, they got a commitment. Oh, by the way. Yeah, because I think that, is that, is, am, I, am I reading you correctly? Is that cynicism? Yes. We, we have been let down collectively as a fan base by focusing on these kids who are oftentimes in high school. Sometimes it's the portal in college, but... Focusing all this energy on guys that, that either don't stick around or they don't play. Yeah, there's a distinction to be made here, though, okay, between lavishing praise and putting immediate expectations on a high school player versus doing it with a player like Charles, uh, excuse me, Casey Thompson. Charles is his father. Um, Casey is proven at a high level. I don't mind doing that with Casey Thompson. Um, I don't mind doing that with Trey Palmer because. Trey Palmer proved it in the SEC. I don't mind talking about them with excitement and putting expectations on those guys. I don't. It doesn't feel cynical. It does with high school kids to me still. What, what are we talking about? Yeah, you're right. First of all, they might not be here. Second of all, what we've been burned so many times that I've lost track. You know, I get it though. What, what the recruiting services are selling is hope, and that never goes out of style. It, it's always effective. Hope will forever be a, something to sell, and you can do it, and you can do it at a high level. Hope, hope is a beautiful thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what the recruiting services are largely selling you. They take advantage of that concept, selling hope. Right. This is the elixir that will solve your problems, sir. And we and I am coming into your town and telling you that, and then I'm going to the next town and selling it. But All we right? we took and the you will elixir. never see me again. Right. We we took in the elixir for a lot of times, and now it, it has proven that it's spoiled. I'm not saying it, it, there's obviously it's very important to get players here. I'm not not saying recruiting is not important. Not, I'm not it's saying entirely that either. important, but. Yeah. But to build the, up our hope, the over amount of and over. focus that we have put and the amount of effort and energy talking about kids that might not be here in a year after they commit yeah. is just incredible. Think, think about and again, just Bookie Bradley Hiles. Well, that's the one, one is the one. I but mean, I even think, and I know that's the one who put me over the right, edge. That was terrible. But even like, and I, I know this is a COVID thing mostly. But think about a couple years ago, and you had like Keyshawn Green come in from Florida, and he left. Was well, even make it? You know, he went back to FAU, right? With. Mm-hmm. COVID was a big you know, Yeah, Henry, it was big. Yeah. Henry Gray. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Florida you know, all, all those guys. Now, that was largely a COVID issue. Those guys. I understand, but those see, guys we put a lot. We, we spent a lot of energy on saying how those guys would be important. Jaden Francois would be important to this to this team, and they didn't even – they never played here. No, I know. They left after not even one year. 
Yeah, I thought Bookie Bradley Howes was the more germane yeah, example because he was literally one. coming to spring games and signing autographs for Nebraska <laughs> fans. Lines there were li- <laughs> there were lines of fans. Was the, was the other one with Joseph Lewis too? The yeah, that was a big they, one. They had like the, they all had the number on. At the, well, yeah, they had a yeah they had their summer right summer camp. Yeah, their Nebraska had their summer camp, and I noticed one day all the assistants not all the assistants. <laughs> But a, but a lot of the Riley assistants were wearing shirts with a number on them. I think it was five. It was four. I think it was four. Four, four or five. Yeah, and I, I said to somebody, Sean Callahan maybe, what is that? Why are they – oh, that's Joseph Lewis's number. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Um, yeah, that will breed cynicism a little bit. It has. In the old columnist. And and you know me, the young, the young going buck. on old quickly. <laughs> yeah. We'll have more. All right. Thank you. Thank you. To Greg and To Greg and Myrtle Beach. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Greg. We'll have more next on Early Break in the Ticket.